Okay, so I see a lot of familiar faces, which is fun. Um, some of you from a long, long time ago, and others of you from just around the block. <laughs> um, but this is Unmet Expectations, when life isn't exactly what Im you imagined. And um, mostly we're just going to talk about how it relates to marriage, since that's kind of what the remix is about today. There's definitely will be some parenting stuff in the mix as well. Um, but I'm going to introduce myself a little more specifically. So I'm Kristen Kadersha, for those of you who don't know me, and I'm married to Scott. Um, this is the low-tech version today, but I did bring my computer. So Scott is my husband. He's on staff here, has been for about 12 years, 98% um, of the time on the marriage team, um, and that means started with Merge. He's been over foundation groups, re-engaged, two-on-two, um, pretty much anything marriage he's uh, a part of now. And then we have four boys. Um, I know it's hard to see this. Most of you have seen pictures of my kiddos anyways. But my twins, Duncan and Drew, are eighth graders. We are starting to talk about high school, which is <laughs> nothing short of frightening most days. Um, one, because that means I'm getting old. And two, because it means <laughs> they're getting older. So um, this is our fifth grader, Carson. And he is at Mohawk. And then I would say our little one, Lincoln. But he's as big as Carson and weighs more than Carson. So... Our youngest is Lincoln. He's a third grader at Mohawk. Um, some of you have met some of those boys, and my, my twins couldn't be more different. <clears throat> Got one that is uh, just short of OCD and very organized and knows like his trajectory in life he's got planned, and if it starts to waver, it throws him off. And the other one couldn't be more like whatever. It's great. Um, One's sporty, one's more musically inclined, and a reader. Um, and then my little ones are almost the same way. One of them is more sporty and very just passionate, and that plays out in all kinds of ways in our house. Um, and then Lincoln is kind of aloof, and life is good, and um, he just loves people and hanging out with people and his friends. And um, so it's all kinds of different things in my house, um, but all things boys in my house. So um, we'll talk about that expectation and what that looked like in my life a little bit. Um, so we all come into marriage with expectations. Um, just raise a hand real quick. How many of you either took merge or had two on two and you literally went through like a list of expectations before you get married? So a lot of us. Like, so you talked about like, here's what I expect. Here's what he, he expects. I actually found... Um, Scott and I were in Atlanta when we got married and we had some one-on-two on two counseling um, and fill out the expectations and I found our two books on preparing for marriage and read through them and I kind of chuckled. A lot of them were the same. A lot of them we, we, you know, we were accurate. <clears throat> then I realized like there were so many things that we didn't even begin to touch on. Like they were really high level. And so um, even when you did that and then you walk down the aisle and you get to the other side and... Um, I'm sure all of you have struggled on some level with just the expectations that you have versus what your husband has. So that's what we get to talk about today. Um, and really, we have expectations on everything in life. You woke up this morning and you had an expectation about like what the morning would look like, how your kids would behave, um, what the weather would be like, what this, this talk would be like. Um, and so what we will talk about is just like how do we handle in a good, healthy way when our expectations are not met. Um, and mostly today, just how that looks like in our relationships. 
And if you look back, like think back for most of you, five, 10 years, um, you probably couldn't have written out your story. Like you probably didn't imagine who you'd be married to or how many kids you'd have or any of that. Um, so without throwing our husbands under the bus, anybody have like just one funny or um, kind of expectation or dream of marriage that just kind of has, like you can look back at and think I was a fool um, for thinking X, Y, and Z would happen. Anybody that wants to, go ahead. I thought I would have no problems. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yep, that's good. Yep. Anybody else have one that's just back? <laughs> she said, I thought I would cook dinner every night. That's good. Yep, I think I had that expectation too. Anybody else? I thought my husband would conform to my way of loading the dishwasher. <laughs> Ten years and it still hasn't happened. I love that. So just that, that you would do things the same way. We actually have an example of dishwasher loading in our house. Almost every day when we unload the dishwasher, that's a conversation. My way versus his way. The right way versus his way. Um, so there's just a lot of things that we think of, you know, growing up, and um, it's, for me, it was a lot longer than 10 years ago. Um, so, you know, growing up, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go to college, I'll graduate, and kind of somewhere through college, I realized I'm probably going to go to grad school. I didn't really date a whole lot of um, guys, and I wasn't a follower of Christ in undergrad or grad school. So graduated grad school, and you know now my expectation is I'll get a job, probably move. I wasn't going to stay where I was. I knew that, and I thought two, maybe two and a half years. Like I'm sure I will meet somebody and get married, and like that's just what I expected because that would put me at about 25 and uh, or 27 maybe by then, and um, that's not really how it all played out. So I'll kind of tell you how it does play out, and you know some of it obviously um, but one thing that I think about is like I wouldn't change what my story is so even though a lot of us have expectations they aren't always um, God's plan for our life and they're definitely not always the best plan for our life um, so just expectations we'll just define that they are beliefs about the way things will or should be so that includes behaviors your role um, life death any of our relationships kind of a mental picture of everything from just like kind of the routine day to day to the very profound things. Usually they're not good or bad. Um, we just realize that they're different from the people that we are kind of doing life with. So a few things that you can expect, and this is biblical, um, we are conducting our marriage in a fallen world. Like that's just, that's the way it is. First Corinthians seven twenty eight. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. And so that's Paul um, kind of advocating for being single, but it, it's the only promise in the Bible about marriage, and that is that you will have trouble. Um, and that's because we are living in a fallen world. The other promise is that you're a sinner, and you're married to a sinner. And so... That makes everything more complicated than if we were Adam and Eve before the fall. The other is that there are some expectations that you will have to die to. So there are just things in life that, um, and we'll talk about kind of the whys and hows as we go along, but there's just going to be things that you thought would happen and you expected to play out a certain way and you will just have to let those things go. And then I just, the good reminder that God is faithful in all of it. 
So Psalm 111:7. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. So he promises to be with us and he promises that he is faithful. And so when we think that our expectations aren't met and that's the end of our world, so to speak, that's just where we need to turn and remember that he is faithful. So even when you read through your Bible, um, like really nothing, you look back at Bible times and you look at now and there's not really a whole lot that's different. Um, it was a messy and broken world then after the fall. All of the people that we read about were weak and failing just like we are. The circumstances were complicated. If you're reading through Second Samuel now, like it is mind-boggling how just the things that were going on that really in a lot of ways look the same as the political system that we're living in right now. Just convoluted, lying, people trying to just get their way. Um, so it's not a whole lot different. And then like Christ came into that broken world just to, to save us and to give us a hope that is much greater than any of our expectations. All right, so where do your expectations come from? A lot of you probably know all of these, but our parents, so just the way you were raised, what you saw um, is a huge part of how we kind of form our ideas and our expectations. So for instance, my husband's mom is 100% Middle Eastern. She's as cute as can be. She's about this tall. Um, we look kind of funny next to each other. Um, but she is an amazing cook. And I mean, like, she's fr they're from the Northeast, and so she can cook anything. There's lots of butter and yummy, tasty things. And she cooks amazing Middle Eastern food. Um, so in Scott's mind, he thought he was going to marry somebody that could, one, cook, <laughs> and he probably hoped that somebody could cook Middle Eastern. And I, I put dinner on the table, but I wouldn't say I cook. You know, like there's nothing fancy. Um, I came from a house where everything was grilled and steamed. So like there's no butter, there's no salt, like it's very plain Jane. You've got something to eat. Um, whereas for him, he was used to very um, nice, fancy meals and Middle Eastern food. Um, for me, my dad was a fix-it guy. Like he would train me how to change a tire on my car before I could go away to college. Anything that he wanted to fix in the house, he could. Um, and so in my mind, that was kind of what every guy could do. Um, and Scott's heard all this, so I'm throwing him under the bus knowing he knows that. Um, but that is not Scott. Like if there's a problem, it's who can we call, <laughs> you know? So just in your mind, like sometimes you just, you look at your parents and you're like, oh, this is what, this is what marriage will be like, or this is how my husband will look or what he'll be able to do. The next one is culture. So we know, and like even as you have little kids and you realize what they see and what you see, um, and I think it has gotten exponentially more difficult because of social media. You know, we've got Pinterest where everybody puts up, you know, their best things. We've got Instagram. Um, and so we look at some of those things and we think, well, that's what they have. Um, that's just the expectation I have. That's what everybody's doing or that's what everybody um, gets to see or have. Um, the next is just other relationships. So whether it was somebody you dated whether you've got friends that kind of got married ahead of you and you know their life and their marriage looks fantastic. Um, just that whole comparison thing and we know like nobody wins in that game. When you look at somebody else's marriage you're probably looking at somebody that's been married longer and so you're comparing you know where you are with maybe your first kid with where they are with their second or third kid and there's, there's no equal in that um, and it usually just causes us to be resentful or bitter um, with our situation. 
the other is just ourselves. And this, this one, um, just as I was preparing for this, kind of rang true, like ourselves, meaning there's two things there. One, um, the way I do it, <laughs> kind of to your point, is must be the right way. Like this, this is the way it's done, and so why would the other person do it any differently? So just the expectation that you'll be the same or you'll have the same um, ways of doing things. And then the other is like the expectations we put on ourselves that nobody else does. And so, um, you know, maybe for me, I think before having kids, I thought, oh, well, I expect to cook dinner every night, to have a clean house. I expect that when my husband gets home, my kids will be in a great mood and they'll run to greet him and there won't be any chaos or anxiety in anybody. Um, <laughs> and, and those are things that were just mine. It wasn't that anybody, it wasn't that Scott said, I expect dinner be cooked and, uh, you know, my kids to love seeing me come home. Obviously he would like that, but that's not what he told me. Um, another one for us is um, just like the way we handle our emotions. I'm kind of a, <laughs> I'm laughing because somebody in this room is in my community group and so she's smiling. I'm very steady. Like there's not a whole lot that, um, leads me to cry like I usually cry at happy things or things that are you know I'm proud of or stuff like that but um so for us like watching this is us I, that there are a few scenes that are tear jerkers for me but um usually I'm passing the Kleenex box to my husband and he looks at me he's like what is your problem like why aren't you <laughs> crying um so just those things that like that's the way I am why aren't you that that way um so and then the last one there is just church and our Bible. And so there's good, definitely good things in that. You may look around here and see um, marriages that you want, you hope and expect that your marriage would look like that. Um, you may look around and think, kind of the negative is you may see somebody like a Todd or a JP and think, well, why isn't my husband like that? Or I expect my husband to be able to quote Bible like that. Um, and so those can be, fall into that comparison category. And under that, just like Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, like that is our expectation, um, just that wives would submit to their husbands and husbands would submit to Christ and that our marriages would kind of play out that way. And so that's, that's a real and true expectation. And so we'll talk about, like, what do you do when that's not exactly how it looks for you? Okay, so what happens when our expectations go unmet? Um, typically, you'll find yourself just with kind of a sadness, um, then that leads to disappointment when it's not addressed, which can lead to frustration, and then in the end, just bitterness and anger. And so when you think about um, who you married and kind of your dating and, and your engagement time, and things might feel different now that you're married to him. So what was charming maybe now looks really annoying. Um, what was spontaneous, you know, hey, let's go hike or whatever, now looks annoying and irresponsible. Um, Maybe what was organized, maybe you were the organizer. Um, Scott likens this to my, y'all laugh because this definitely dates me, but when we got married, I had a binder with pages and you would, you know, put in when you went to taste cake or you went to see a venue, you'd stick all your flyers in there. Now you all have Pinterest pages and all that kind of thing that we didn't have back then. But that organized part um, now looks like controlling in our house. Um, <laughs> so those things that you admire now look, kind of the opposite because there's an expectation that's unmet um, and it's, it's kind of just changed. And so how did we get from expectations to things that just aren't realistic or now feel like an unmet 
expectation, which has led down that track to anger. And there are three problems when we look at our expectations. One is that we're unaware. And so we just don't realize that we are putting an expectation on ourselves or on our husband um, because they're just they're subconscious and they're ingrained in who we are and we haven't thought about them. Um, the next is they, they could just be flat out unreasonable. Um, so to think about my four boys, so I had one sister and my dad when we were young was in the Navy and so he was gone a majority of the time and so it was three girls in our house. So I didn't have good expectations for what a house of four boys would look like and the expectations I did have were completely unreasonable. Um, because I thought it would look like the house I grew up in, you know, like, I don't know, like there wouldn't be the smell of <laughs> a frat house when you walked into our downstairs bathroom because people miss the toilet even though you ask them to clean up. Um, or that it would be quiet and calm at any point during the day when they were there. So just things like that that, are, that just aren't reasonable. Um, and I joke about those. There, there are more serious expectations that are unreasonable, like maybe you thought that both you and your husband would love the baby phase. I mean, we had twins, and so I think I prayed that my husband would love the baby phase, and that wasn't his favorite. There were times that you know, he loved holding the baby and having them fall asleep on him, um, but the rest of it, that was not his favorite. Um, I'm not sure that was mine either, but I, th I think when you have babies, you hope, oh, we'll both just love every phase together at the same time, and that's just not reasonable. <clears throat> And the biggest part of unreasonable, I think, is that we think that our spouse will fulfill us in a way that only God can. And so just be careful about what um, demands that you're putting on your husband. Psalm 145, 19 just says, He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. And so when we are putting all of that on our husbands, um, that's when we need to turn to the Lord and let him um, meet those needs. The third is sometimes we have reasonable expectations um, and we know what they are but we have not spoken them. And so you guys know like your husband cannot read your mind. There's like it just won't work. Um, and so when we don't talk about what our expectations are um, then that is just that is almost the direct pathway to unmet expectations. Amos 3.3 says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? And so you can't be one if you've got your set of expectations and he has no idea what they are. He can't meet them. Um, you can't compromise on them. And so just knowing that you've got to talk about them. Just for a um, little illustration, any, anybody that wants to raise their hand, what is your birthday? Like what do you expect from a birthday when you know your birthday's coming up? Anybody have probably an illustration in marriage also that kind of opened your eyes to this. I'll share. Um, so my family made birthdays a really big deal. Not, um, you know, like huge parties and lots of gifts, but just making the person feel extraordinarily special. Um, cards are a big thing in our house. So my, my mom is a real big card person, so writing out a note. And I think I had expectations that that's how everyone celebrates birthdays because that's the day of your birth. Like, that's a big deal. And so I think early on when we were dating, my husband did a lot for my birthday. <laughs> it was easy, though, because you just go out to eat or you get friends together. And so when you introduce 
kids into the picture. I think he, and he's told me this, um, so since we're being recorded, um, is that you know he didn't want, he wanted to serve me well in the midst of it, and so he didn't want to make plans in case it just stressed me out to get kids ready and a babysitter, and so he didn't really want to do anything to step on my toes, but at the same time, then I had expectations that he would plan something so when it wasn't that way, then I was disappointed. But he was really trying to serve me by not making plans. complicated. Yeah. yeah. So I think we've talked about it a little bit and um, kind of come to a compromise. I think and now that the kids are getting a little bit older, and we do celebrate with them more mm -hmm. than maybe just my husband and I going off together. Um, but there was a time there. There were like, and I had a miscarriage on my birthday, which did not help oh, a few years yeah. ago. But I think there were a few years where it was just like repetitive, like we're doing nothing for my birthday. I was kind of the one planning it, you know. And um, but we kind of talked about it and you know tried to come to some agreement. But yeah. it's hard when you think that it's going to look like what you said earlier, yeah. how your family did it. Yeah, and you don't you don't think that I need to communicate this. Like you think that that this is kind of obvious, or even in dating it looked a certain way and so you didn't have to have a conversation about this is my expectation or this is what I would like um, and that that's exactly I mean if if you have the expectation that it's gonna be my birthday week or my birthday month and your husband is used to cake and a card um, and you don't have that conversation and not not because you're holding back on anything but just because you don't really see it coming um, then that just creates you know, a situation where a hard conversation has to take place. Um, one for us, and this is, y'all, we watch This Is Us, obviously, because I have another illustration from that. But um, last spring, I had taken my four boys to go see my parents over spring break, and Scott had stayed here to work on some projects and to work. Um, and so we had been watching This Is Us, just the two of us. It was kind of our show at the time. And the finale was on. Um, and... Scott watched it while I was gone and we aren't like big I'm not a big like oh I can't imagine you know like this is how we should do things especially when it comes to TV shows you know a lot of times we're watching something while we're doing other things so um, to his credit he had no clue but because I hadn't said anything um, I, I got back into town he's like oh I can't wait to watch it with you again and I'm like again <laughs> you watched it without me and he's like yeah, I was like, oh, all right. So like, there was just this moment of like, I'm disappointed because I thought that was kind of our thing, um, but I never, ever said it. So, um, you know, it's just it was a good reminder to us, like just the even those little things can cause disappointment, um, but also being to have having good perspective on it, like it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just an unspoken expectation on my part. All right, so all those problems. Um, when you experience an unmet expectation, you've got two paths you can take. One would be kind of the unhealthy um, progression, and that's an unmet expectation that leads to that disappointment. And then instead of a conversation, there's just begins to be this disconnect. Um, and we saw this in one of our early foundation groups. There were unmet expectations, but they didn't talk. Um, they kind of hid a lot of stuff from one another. Um, we approached the couple and tried to kind of you know like hey let's talk about this thing let's communicate and they just continued to isolate and even before we finished a foundation group they ended up divorced and um, so it's you know and it was probably bigger things it wasn't the little things that we've talked about but um, like it happens and it's kind of a slippery slope so you just 
Um, isolation is just one of those things that um, you just want to avoid in all, all things in life, but in marriage especially. So if you want to avoid that, the healthy progression would be your unmet expectations lead to discovery. And we'll talk about kind of how you can do that in a second. And then a personal response. And then a commitment. So a commitment to your marriage, a commitment to oneness, um, and a commitment to just helping each other out in meeting expectations. So the discovery part of that is just a better way for us to manage those expectations. So this is kind of a proactive, like this is kind of disciplining ourselves in a way um, that just helps those three problems that we talked about not be such big problems. So the first is just be aware. And so maybe something that you guys do um, following this is just spend time thinking about what your expectations are of yourself as a mom, as a wife, even as a friend. And that way you put some thought into it and you know you can kind of look at your day and just go, oh, I'm expecting this. That's good for me to kind of have a category for. The second is be willing to listen to the Lord. So once you're aware of what your expectations are, just taking those things to the Lord and helping Him, I mean, having Him help you um, just to kind of sort them out and know the next part is be reasonable. And so James 1.5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously. And so if you've got expectations and you're not sure um, kind of where they come from or if they're reasonable, and number three is be reasonable in what you expect. So these two almost go hand in hand. Um, take that to the Lord first. And then I would say the next thing in just figuring out what's reasonable about what you expect is ask community. Um, whether that's folks that you see here at the nest that you feel like you could ask those things of or if you're in community here at Watermark. Um, just letting other people know what's going on in your head. One, it keeps us from kind of building bitterness around um, our expectations. And two, it, it gives just another perspective so that somebody can um, just say, hey, you're being selfish or hey, that's just unreasonable. Now, when I say be reasonable, I'm not saying dumb it down. Like we don't want to set our expectations so low just so they're met. You know, like I just expect my husband to come home once a week for dinner. Like that's probably not a good healthy expectation for your family or your marriage. Um, but we also don't want to set the expectations so unreasonable that our husbands will never meet them. And then we just kind of start to spiral down that negative pathway. And then the next is number four, I think, on your sheet. Be open about what you expect. And so this is communication 101. And that's the big things and the small things. And just Proverbs 18.2, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And so when you're sharing these things, just remember, like, this isn't a dump. Like, this is what I expect, and, and I don't really care what your expectations are. This is a... I want you to understand where I am so that we can come together in oneness and sort through ways that we can um, just love each other better. So one thing that we've done in this, and we struggled um, from day one, since we got married later, as you probably guessed from the first part of my story there. Um, and so we both had been single for a while and kind of did our own thing, had our own schedule, didn't report to anybody. It really didn't matter where we were. 
Um, so in the beginning of marriage, we kind of had this back and forth. Um, I, I was probably a bit controlling, just, hey, where are you going to be? Where are you going after work? What, you know, what's the plan? Um, and so Scott's been good kind of ever since then, but even more so since we've had kids. Um, it's just like every Sunday night, if at all possible, on our calendar, we sit down and we talk about what the week looks like. Um, and that's an opportunity like, hey, we've got four practices on X, Y, and Z. Can I get your help here? Um, or for him, like, hey, I've got to do this for work and, and I won't be home for dinner. Is that okay? Is that, how's that going to look for the rest of you? Um, and so it's been a huge help for us just to have that set time where we can talk about those expectations, which just help the house run. But it's also an opportunity to be like, hey, I've, we've missed it on um, other things this week. What is what can I do to meet expectations for you? What are your expectations? And so just kind of putting that in your calendar so you've got time to openly communicate um, instead of trying to do it on the fly or when you're already frustrated. So for some of you, you might be talking about what the expectation is about having a new baby in the house and who gets to sleep when and, and trading off feeding times and things like that. Or maybe it's, you know, the in-laws, how are we going to how's that going to work for our family if they live in town or out of town um, but all of that just requires communication all right so those are kind of the discipline of and the discovery part of expectations so what if you're kind of already down that road and you've already got unmet expectations and there's tension and um, frustration and this is, I think, the last little section there, kind of the what if. We're already at that place. So the first thing is just kind of check yourself. Check your heart. Our expectations, um, when they become a frustration, frequently reveal our idols. So if there is something that is just wrecking you and you see the frustration and anger building up um, because of an unmet expectation, you may have made an idol out of something that... Um, just shouldn't be there. And part of what you need to do then is figure out what is the issue. Like if you aren't aware, obviously go back to those things. But even if you are, um, the next is just be able to narrow it down. That's the second one. So if you can narrow it down and be able to share the feelings and the why behind the issue, and then, and this is speaker-listener for those of you that are familiar with that, um, just make sure you pick a good time and a good method for communicating these things. And focus on the problem and not your husband. So if the example is, I'm, I'm super tired. As a mom, like, babies are waking up. Um, I'm getting up to feed the littlest one. I'm tired and so that's your that's your issue and you're focusing on the issue not your husband um, and what he's not doing but like here here is what I need um, and then take the opportunity to hear his side too so you know I know you have to get up in the morning and to go to work but what can we do and so just being able to listen and then also to express your issues or your problems and then the third part is work toward compromise So what can you both do to love and serve each other? And this is kind of the commitment piece to that, that, 
positive progression that we talked about a couple minutes ago. And so you are committing to being a team, to mutually resolving it. So maybe he takes the weekend shift or two shifts on the weekend if you've got a baby that's getting up every three hours. Or maybe you get to sleep in on Saturday morning and whoever's up, he takes them out of the house. Um, they go get donuts or... Um, but any of those things that you guys can just work towards a compromise and something that is um, healthy for both of you. And then the fourth one is just encourage one another. So once you've kind of had to hash this out, sometimes more difficult conversation, um, it's always good to encourage each other. I think y'all, the sandwich method, this is kind of my visual, and I, I don't remember if I heard this in regards to my children or my husband, but either way it works, and that is encourage them on the front end. And so if, if you're coming into this conversation knowing that you've got unmet expectations, bitterness, frustration, start off with, hey, I'm grateful you know, for the dad that you are. I'm grateful for the husband that you are. Um, thank you for providing for us, whatever that looks like. And then have the conversation about, hey, I'm really tired. I, I just, I need some rest. What can we do about it? Once y'all work through what the compromise is, just again, affirm like, thank you for being open. Thank you for being willing to take on, you know, part of this so that I can have an expectation met or a need met. And, you know, some of our expectations are needs. We do need rest. We do need time away from our kids to um, be able to be a better mommy. So all of that is really Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. Um, you guys can look that up, but that just talks about speaking truth, not angering your sin not letting the devil get a foothold, which that's where this, the bitterness and the frustration and anger just allow Satan to kind of pull our marriages apart. Not letting any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. Um, being kind and compassionate, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. So even when we don't nip those expectations um, in the bud, so to speak, and we do have to go kind of through the speaker listener and a little more kind of intense conversation. Um, just remember, like, we, we want to forgive. We want to do it all in a way that honors the Lord and gives him, um, gives your spouse an opportunity to just hear your heart and to know that you've, you've asked the Lord and you've asked others to speak into this. So ultimately, and I referred to this a little bit earlier, um, but... Our husbands are not to fulfill our every need and expectation and desire. He did not design that. Um, he is the only one that will do that. Even our most de desperate needs are only going to be fulfilled by the Lord. Psalm 107.9 says, For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. So just that reminder that um, he's the only one that is going to meet um, our needs and our expectations. And then Psalm 73, 25 through 26. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That was Psalm 73, 25 through 26. And so just that reminder, like God is the only thing that we should need. Like he is our primary relationship. He is the one that will um, 
just meet our desires. And so the things that we think we need and want here on earth up from our other relationships are going to be fulfilled first through the Lord and our relationship with him. A lot of times um, when we make our husbands that person that needs to fulfill all those things, it really it detracts from our marriages because we, it kind of looks like this. We have an unspoken need. He disappoints us. He tries to figure out how to make us happy, how to meet all those needs. I find more needs that I need that he still can't meet. Um, and then they start to withdraw because they feel like they failed and that they're never going to catch up. They're never going to figure out how to make you happy. And that's not what we want. Um, ultimately, it's Philippians 2, 1 through 6, even all the way to the end. Um, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition. You all probably know this because I say this over and over to my children. Um, out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, interest, but to the interest of others. And so that's what our marriage should look like, and that's what we should do with our expectations is before we um, put that upon our husbands, just realize that we ought to be serving one another and putting their needs above our own. So the rest of my story, um, I finished grad school in St. Louis. I moved to Atlanta. I took a job, which was was kind of my dream job. Um, So I guess that expectation was met. And um, what I thought would be two years turned into eight. Um, I met Scott in 1997, so that was about three years out of grad school. But I was in a relationship that was not great. I was, had just become a believer when Scott and I met, um, but had been dating this guy for a while, not as a believer. Um, and Scott, like we just had a friendship and a kind of care and um, concern that I hadn't ever seen from anyone else, including the guy I was dating. That should have been my red flag. Um, (laughs) So I broke up with the other guy and Scott and I dated. It was not a good, healthy relationship. Um, Both new believers and never dated as believers didn't really know what a good, healthy relationship dating would be. Um, So we broke up for a while and both got our priorities straight. Um, Just basically dated the Lord, not to be cheesy or... um, anything like that, but I had made relationships an idol, and that was the biggest issue with the other person that I was dating, is that I just, I wasn't willing to see that that was um, taking, <coughs> taking over in my life where the Lord should have been, and even when Scott and I dated, it was still, like I said, it was unhealthy. Um, so we both just got our relationships with the Lord as the priority, got back together, dated, got engaged, that was in 2000, and then the week of 9-11, we got married. Um, So that was eight years, not my timing, not what I had planned um, or even imagined, not even close. I was 31. I surely thought I'd be married by the time I was 27 or so. Um, But when I look back at what it could have been and if I had fulfilled my own expectations and married somebody else, especially the person I was dating at the time, um, it would not have been good. I mean, I basically it would have been disobedience to the Lord and I think in just in our dating and breaking up that's what I realized is that I was hanging on to somebody and something that 
um, fulfilled a lot of expectations of my own, but not um, ones that were true and, and what the Lord would want. Um, so I'm, you know, I can't um, be more happy to be married to Scott. Um, and I don't, I mean, most of y'all know he's about the most authentic person and most of my marriage is somewhere on a blog or in a talk somewhere. And so you know, you know that we are far from perfect. Um, but he does, he loves me um, and our boys and leads us well. Um, and when he doesn't, he knows it and he tells, you know, he's the first to confess it. Um, but I will say that in preparing for this talk and this, he's listened to it and um, we figured out a few expectations that he had of me that we've talked about in the past and that I still fail to meet. And so um, just know that it goes both ways. Your husband's got expectations of you and um, you know, this might be a great way to just say, hey, wh- what are your expectations? How am I loving you well, but how am I falling short? Um, and so it was a good, this was yesterday, by the way, <laughs> as I'm about to print out my talk. It's like, well, what about, you know, and so it was a good conversation, just like, hey, you, there are things that Kristen doesn't do well, and um, and sometimes because of just my personality and, um, like, a lot of times I can look like I have it all together, and people say that, and, like, just a good reminder, like, I don't, and I, f- I fail to meet my husband's expectations and, and needs sometimes, and the part that I love about just thinking through all this is that if our expectations were always met, then we wouldn't need Christ, you know? And so I just go back to, like, this is something that allows me to lean on the Lord and to ask Him for, um, you know, what I need. When Even when your spouse's expectations are something that you're like, I don't get it. Like, I don't know why you need that. Like, I don't need that. Why do you need that? And, and so those are the times where I go, you know what, it's, again, it's not about me. Like, I don't need to be selfish. Just because I need it one way doesn't mean that your way is wrong. And because I've covenanted to marriage with you, I'm going to love you and serve you. Um, and sometimes step out of my comfort zone and do things that I know would honor you. And um, so it was just a good reminder that the Lord's in all of it. And um, he really wants us to lean on him and use him first to meet our expectations and then love and serve our husbands um, and allow them to love and serve us as well. All right. Do y'all have questions? Um, we've got lots of time for questions, which I knew we would. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, you all know I'm willing to answer just about anything. And we can, if anybody's got some like big, yes, ma'am. Um, my question is, what do you do when you're not on the same page? So, for example, um, we have two boys, five and three, and I, there are certain things that I don't want my oldest son to do as far as electronics and games, and I try to, to really limit that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, my husband's very techy. It's his world. <laughs> it's his job. But he plays these adult games when he comes home, that then he lets my older son, it's kind of like their bonding time, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's not age appropriate and we just do not see eye to eye on this. And I've tried to communicate in ways of why I think it's important, why I don't want him to play. I mean, it's to the point where that's where my son gets punished. His punishment is that he can't play on dad's phone because I don't, it's effective, but then my husband always feels like I'm punishing him, mm. and we just, 
cannot get on the same page with this. That's good. I think those kinds of things come into play when parenting is, it, is the issue. Um, and, and we've got a few things like that as well where and a lot of it's technology related. Like I'm like, oh no, we're not, you know, we don't need phones or we don't need that app or whatever. And Scott's like, it's not a big deal or, you know. Um, and there is, so I, I think first is like, so you've had conversations with him. Um, have you pulled in other people? So widen the circle. Is there any other trusted couple that has kids in the same age range that might be able to speak into that? Not from a husband's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, and that's the issue. I mean, I've talked to other women, but not yeah. as far as a couple. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's tough. Because, I mean, I don't want to punish my husband, but yeah. I just don't think it's appropriate for my five-year-old to be playing an adult game. Yeah. And then maybe you find, is there another game that y'all can kind of agree on, like, that they can play together that would still kind of fulfill your husband's, right. you know, techie <laughs> thing, but also That's not be um, something that would, would feel like you're kind of s skipping ahead in yeah. technology and age. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean. I just don't want to be disrespectful. I mean, I mm -hmm. want to honor my husband, but I just, I don't feel very strongly because I see the consequences mm -hmm. of my son playing those games and mo I'm with him <laughs> most of the yeah. day so I get more of the backlash from it yeah. so and maybe it just needs to be a continuing conversation and you know maybe um, see if your husband would agree to kind of backing up let's try a different game or if you're going to play that game let's play it on Friday afternoon so that he's around to see kind of what the ramifications might be right. um because I think that's true. Like there are things that our kids do either, you know, with our husbands and then we, you know, whether it's staying up late, like, you know, we've got teenagers now and some nights, you know, we'll watch a couple shows together and I'm like, it's, it's late. We need to go to bed. And Scott's like, oh, it's fine. You know, and then two days later, my, you know, my boys are like falling apart and, and I'm like, I think they need more sleep, you know? And so it's, it's always this like, I, I don't always want to be the fun killer, and I can be that person in our house. Um, but I also, I, I do, I, I feel, feel like I have a little better pulse on what's good and what's bad. And so it, for us, like those kinds of things are a continual conversation. And it is hard because sometimes that, that's what I feel like. I'm like the police, you know, and it takes away, you know, some of the, the fun time that we have with our older boys right now. Um, but. I think your husband may all, if he can kind of get a glimpse that like, hey, this is what I see as a consequence to doing, you know, playing those games. Um, and maybe y'all can just kind of fine tune it as you go. Yeah. Anybody else have any thoughts or comments on that? Well, nope. Something, through something very different in my community. Um, one, I think it's important to find people for your husband to be able to talk with issue two. Uh, sometimes they don't hear things from us because the same thing has been said over and over again, so now they've tuned us out. Um, so hearing it from a different side, and then I know that this is kind of cliche, especially at church, but really like every time you worry about it, just take it to the Lord, because the Lord can change his heart. We can't change other people. Yeah. If we could, then we wouldn't need Jesus. So just praying <laughs> every time you think about it, because God can, God can change his perspective. God can open his eyes to what you're saying right now. So. Yep. I'm going to be praying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, right? <laughs> yes. I've been uh, taking it to a, a, a different route. Um, of course, my son is, he's older. He's 12. Yeah. 
but I go to, I mean, there are some games that my husband will play that I don't think, or that he says is okay for my son to play that I don't think is. So knowing that my husband and I don't agree with that, I've taken it to my kids, <laughs> and I've let them know the consequences of, you know, go back to that what you see, what you hear, you know, all of that, and um, inform them it's not healthy and for your brain. It's not healthy, mm-hmm. and it's those images that sticks with you. Um, you know, it, it does affect you, your thoughts, all of that, and um, so that they know and um, and it puts it in their, you know, back to back to him, yep. the kid's decision. Because if I've told him about what I don't, and I've told him I would like you not to do this, um, because I don't think it's healthy for you. Um, I try to limit his time um, on certain games, and of course I have littles too, mm-hmm. you know, they can't be upstairs when you're playing certain games, yep. um, but then I have, you know, he had stuff that my kids, older kids are at the age where they're going to other people's houses yep. that have games, yep. and so I've told him, you know, I've, there are games definitely you cannot play when I know those kids have them. And so I'm like, if they start playing them or ask you to play, I would like you to come home or say, no, let's go do something yep. else. Yep. So I put it back to them because they're going to have to make the decisions and you know they're going to be out there and I don't want him to hide it from me. Yeah. Um, and he, he doesn't. He tells me, you know, so and so is going to play this and I told him no before I came home. Yeah. So. Yeah. So a little bit of an age difference, yeah. but it's a good conversation to start having with our younger kids. It's just like, hey, what you see, um, just giving them kind of the words for like, I mean, I've, I've got a third and fifth graders and there are games that when they play like, and it's like basket, it's like NBA basketball on the Xbox. But one of mine, my passionate one, um, like he'll play and he will get all rattled about it and all uptight and mad and we could you know it's like okay we're going to shut this down and then afterwards I can say hey do you see what that does to you like do you understand and like it's not a bad game but it's just every kid is different on how it will affect them and I think there is a a time where you know it, it does become a decision for your older kids but I think as your little ones I I think just putting limits on your screen time and having conversations and um, Bobby's right. Like if you can find somebody that would speak into your husband's world as well, um, it just helps to have other people. And that's why we widen the circle. So with electronics, I mean, because I know it's very, it's everywhere. It's in school, it's at home. Like just, I'm curious, what's a healthy expectation of handling all that because I mean I feel like sometimes I have it down and sometimes I'm just like I give up you know because it's it's easy but I mean is there prayer yeah <laughs> I'm like I'm just curious uh, I know it's different for every family but it's yeah. like how do you because my expectations are different than my husband's mm-hmm. so you know I, th- I think just electronics and technology is going to be forever a changing thing for us like yeah. None, I don't think any, I didn't have any of this. Mm -hmm. Some of you probably had phones a lot earlier than I did just because 
the first phone I had was in grad school and it was you know this big um, but I we don't even know like you, you talk about telling your kids what, what how it affects us like we don't even know how it affects us honestly like they're just beginning to say you know playing these games and being on your phone this much and um, so, you know, err on the conservative, but, you know, ultimately, I think, I mean, this, we've, we have 13-year-old boys, we have locked down a lot of things, they don't have access to a lot of things, but we have also, just to that end, like, they're going to go places, they're going to have friends that have phones, and so we just, like, we remind them, like, what are you looking at, is it something that's good for you, walk away, um, and we have built, we've tried to just build a, a safe place. Like, hey, if somebody shows you something or if you stumble on something or if you look for something, um, please tell us. And like, we wanna do the best we can to help you navigate and, and not create habits or things that are gonna follow you for the rest of your life. Um, but it's, it's hard because I think there is definitely a, um, a difference between generations and I mean even between 13 year olds and three year olds three year old or my third grader who's you know exposed to things that my 13 year olds didn't see in third grade and you know and that's how fast it's changing for us um so yes Bobby um Brandy Butler spoke at the last remix uh -huh. and she talked a little bit about um electronics and her thing you might go back and listen to that okay. yeah. that's a good one and she referenced a book too that I started reading that's really I mean, I'm on the like one and a half girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's never too early to start. No. I mean, the more that I can install into my kids at this age, the better off I'll be, hopefully, mm -hmm. teenagers. So. Yeah, there are quite a few. There's two or three relatively new books out on technology and what it, how it affects your family. And of course, I can't think of the titles right now, but Tech yeah, TechWise Family is one. That yeah, might have been the one. one. Okay. Yeah. I have the notes on it because someone, some person read it. Thank you. Somebody else had a hand a minute ago. Yes. What do you do when um, the majority of your unmet expectations are things that you have higher expectations of yourself, and then that the frustration on yourself is what's reverberating to the rest of the people in your family? That is a good question. But it's mostly like not that other people are letting you down, but it's that you have unrealistic, way too high expectations. I think I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah, so if there are expectations you put on yourself, I would, so one, make sure you're aware, and it, it sounds like you are, um, and then just figure, like, are they unreasonable? And if they are, again, like, I hate to beat this drum, but I, I would pull somebody else in, just because it's, it's honestly, it's a point of almost confession. Like, just say, hey, this is what I'm, I'm holding myself to this standard, and it's, it's killing me. You know, I'm, I'm making, probably making an idol of X, whatever those things are that you're trying to meet. Um, and then because of that, you're, disappoint you're disappointed because everybody's not helping you meet those. Um, and so I would say have somebody else that you can, you know, just say, hey, wh what do you think is reasonable? I think... You know, in our community group, we even like comparing our schedules. You know, as our kids have gotten older and gone to school, and we look at like, am I using my time well? Am I expecting more of myself than is reasonable? And all of our schedules look different. You know, some of us are working, some of us still have little ones at home, um, and and some of us have put our time towards you know school and all that thing, and just figuring out like, hey, am I am I using my time wisely, or am I putting expectations on? 
you know, I'm doing too much because I am, you know, trying to meet some need that I have created in my head. Um, and then I, I think you just, like, when you get to that point of frustration, just, like, take my thoughts captive, Lord. Like, I can't let my expectations and my falling short bleed over into how I love and parent my kids or I mean, ultimately it's the end of the day when I have nothing left and I'm frustrated because my expectations for the day haven't been met and now I kind of let my husband have it or he gets nothing, you know. Um, anybody else have any thoughts? I feel like the answer is community, <laughs> Bible, and prayer. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't feel like I should be able to accomplish. I'm an accomplisher. Yeah. And with three little kids, one with special needs at homeschooling, there's just my expectations of what I can accomplish are much higher. Yeah. And what I should think I should be able to accomplish are much higher than what actually can ever can be. Ever. <laughs> Yeah. And so it's like hard to figure out what is actually reasonable and yeah. what's, you know, kind of letting yourself off. I don't want to be lazy, which I don't think is everything. Yeah. <laughs> Based on the things you just listed, there's no room for that. <laughs> but it's so hard to navigate, like, where are you holding yourself accountable yeah. versus where are you just saying, I'm trying to be too much and you get frustrated because you're like, no, I'm failing at everything. Yeah. yeah. And that, I think that you're exactly right. That's the hard part is that if you've got so many things going on and then you have expectations in each of those areas and you feel like you've failed all of them Mm -hmm. because you've spread yourself thin and so you know maybe you pick two things and you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it out of the park in these two and then these other things right now I'm gonna let go so I can figure out like what and I think I would you ask your husband um, it sounds like your kids aren't old enough to ask but um you know like hey what what would be a priority for you so that I can set my expectations to be real for me and for us as a family. Um, and that might help you be able to sort out like, I am spinning my wheels on this and nobody cares but me. So maybe I need to let that go. Well, just to encourage you too, because I wrestled with that and I realized like I could stay up all 24 hours and still never reach all the things I have to do. And I just don't think that that goes away when you have kids. No. Like, there's always going to be more to do whatever stage you're at. So I think going back to like prioritize the things that are the must have, like the dinner and the cleaning or whatever, and then figure out what you still have bandwidth for for those other things. And then just be gracious to yourself. I had to find out like my perfect clean house is not probably the best use of my time and not everything put away. And it's okay, like my kids are probably gonna have more fun if the laundry is piled up here and I'm spending time with them. Um, a book I'd recommend is The Best Yes. Because it's mm. using your time and knowing how to um, make decisions without your time. That's and good. Not having that be well spent. So I just encourage you that. It's good. I also feel like on this point too, especially when it comes to the expectations on your, that we give ourselves, is that if you're making a list of these things that you've obviously you started, we've all kind of started labeling that we have, and you're praying over them, that just a daily reminder to you that those feelings of like. I'm failing at this, like, I can't, I, I'm not, those are from, those are not from God. God mm-hmm. doesn't give us things that don't build us up. So it just helps, like, to prioritize those things when you're praying about them and you're trying to decide, like, what do I even do with all this? Well, like, the encouragement, the love, the peace, the joy, the moments where you can step back and say, wow, like, that's an awesome thing. Those are of God. All the rest of that is where the devil's grabbing on to the things that he knows he can wind you up and devolve over. So just being able to like say like okay like I can let go of that because I know none of that is is of God like you know kind yep. of thing but 
And that lets you give yourself grace, you know, and, yes. or accept God's grace, you know, in, the, in those areas. But that's been very helpful for me. Good. We did this so different context. Twelfth grade girls, <laughs> them like had multiple girls just talking about how they were just failing like at everything. And so we're like, okay, stop. We don't need to talk about Mark. Like, let's go. Like, let's just dive in scripture and just see what God says you are. And so it was like, hey, you're a child of God. You're a masterpiece. Like, just reminding yourself of those truths when all you're seeing is, you know the crud that you feel like you're feeling that. And I know that's not a prioritize, but just to remind yourself of truth, just to fight those lies. It's good. Yes? I have something that kind of I was thinking about, what are my unmet expectations? And I think I, so it comes back to our love languages. So mine is <laughs> words of affirmation and my husband's is acts of service. And so I want him to, like when we were dating, he would write notes. And now it's like, the only notes are grocery lists. <laughs> we got nothing here. And, um, and so it's just a big difference on that. And then on the other side, his is acts of service. So I'm like, so you want a house cleaner? Like, you know, so when I make up the bed every day, he's like, well, I don't feel like I need to affirm you. I just like, it's done. So great. I appreciate it, but I don't need to say it. So it's like we're in this cycle, and we will be, we'll have some victory in it, but it's, I don't know, and when something goes wrong, I go to, well, I don't feel affirmed by you. And he's like, well, I don't feel like you're getting anything done. You know? <laughs> and so that was kind of what I was like, I, we talked about it, and we're aware of it, but I didn't know if you have any insight just kind of on like, how to mesh those two together. You're like nodding your head a lot. Like, yeah, yeah that, that's kind of the conversation we had yesterday, my husband and I. Like, you could affirm me more. And I'm like, I do. Like, I, I write you notes, and but it's public affirmation that is his part of his love language, and that just seems strange to me and so you know like I, like you get lots of that and he's like but not from you and I'm like okay um <laughs> so but yeah it becomes a, it can become a downward spiral because you don't feel like you're being affirmed and you feel like you're busting it and he looks at what you're doing and he's like well you're doing what you ought to be doing um and so it honestly it just takes one of you to kind of step outside of that and be the one to act like Jesus so to speak you know to to like put your because in a way it's just it's selfishness like we are both wanting something that we're not getting um and so to be able to step outside of that and and give to the other person what they're asking for I think the hard part is is you're doing things um but he doesn't see them as anything that requires affirmation and so I th you just probably, uh, and you've had conversations, so either pull other people in and say, you know, am I, is this unreasonable that I would want more than what I'm getting? And probably not. I mean, this is probably just one of those areas where you both have to realize it's, this is a love language thing. And um, in order to move towards oneness, we both need to encourage even the little things um, and, you know, continue to do the things that are acts of service to him. 
and maybe ask like, hey, what what are the big acts of service things that would bless you? Yeah. So like if you, so if he doesn't care about the bed being made, then you know. But I'll, I'm not laughing at it, but so my husband's act, love languages are words of affirmation and acts of service, and mine's quality time. It is so, it is a practice I have had, like, now I used to write in letters all the time when we were dating, but now I, te- now I have to remind myself to text in the words of affirmation, and as far as the acts of service, we have had start, stop, continue conversation, uh-huh. conversations. So what would you like me to start doing? What would you like me to stop doing? What would you like me to continue doing? And Ooh. we have to have these, like, pretty regularly because to your point he doesn't he used to I used to make the bed and he used to unmake it and make it the way that he wanted it <laughs> and that was really hurtful but mm-hmm. at the same time like he don't make the bed if you're not gonna make it the way that but I mean like but clean counters are a big thing um all the toys picked up are a big but I we have to have them like all the time I don't know if that's helpful but and it's also helpful for him to tell me what's loving like my texting him scripture throughout the day is loving, but that's not something that just natural. Like, yeah. I've got stuff to do. That's not, you know. But if that's loving, <laughs> I, I will do it. But it's kind of like I have to remind him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it. Yeah, so I don't, do y'all hear that? Start, stop, continue. Start, stop, continue. It's that's a great example and a good way for all of us to. Very blessed if I say, "Is there anything I can do for you today?" Yeah. Like he yeah. like. Yeah. Just, and I mean, then I have to do it. So I to <laughs> <laughs> but I want to get credit for asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want affirmation for doing it. So, yeah. Well, it is. I mean, that's definitely a, yeah. a give and take spiral yeah. there. That, um, yeah. But that's good. And, and the start, stop, continue is, I mean, that's probably good for any of these expectation things we stopped, we talked about. Just like, hey, what can I do that I'm not doing? What am I doing that you could care less about? And what am I doing? And, and that, like, that's where he can affirm you is like, hey, this is, this you're doing. And I, I appreciate that. And um, I feel like I've affirmed you in it. But I want you to know that please keep doing that. That that is something that fills my cup, and that's one of the acts of service that blesses me and makes me feel loved. And um, oh, good. So we've talked about love languages. We've talked about speaker listener. We've talked about conflict resolution, and they all fit all under expectations. Which I mean, when you think about it, this is the um, it's kind of pivotal in marriage because most of the things that are frustrating to us and that lead us into a ditch are just things that we thought should happen and they don't and we don't can't figure out how to work around them and move towards one another um having older kids how do you have the conversation with your children about expectations like within your family in the context of like your husband and you and like their kids expectations that's good um you know, it's, I think it's gradual. It's, we talk about it along the way because I think, you know, you talk about with your three-year-old, like you're trying to build into them, like here's what you're going to expect. And if you don't get what you expect, we're not going to lay out on the floor in a full tantrum, you know. Um, and, and so, it, I mean, I think I have a conversation with my kids, every, somebody, every day, like here's the plan. Like on the way to school this morning, here's the plan. Um, because I'm kind of a planner. Um, but... 
we also talk about flexibility and you know like if if it doesn't happen the way you think it is that's okay like that's it's not you didn't do any a lot, I mean a lot of times we haven't done anything wrong we haven't there wasn't any sin in it you know it's like there's just other people that don't do what we want them to do and don't meet the things that we want them, the expectations that we want met um, I think as far as like just we try and model communication between Scott and I and there are definitely times where we are kind of sarcastic to one another and our kids are old enough now to figure out hmm, that's kind of like argument-ish um, you know so what what's going on here and so we'll always circle back and just say hey you know I thought dad was gonna do this and you know pick you up or be here at this certain time and it didn't happen and that's okay but we just talk about you know next time let me know or um, so I think just modeling the way that you handle that is real helpful to them and that gives them um, just language for when it starts to happen, you know, between your kid and you. I, th I thought you were going to be here to pick me up. Well, I thought you were going to text me because they now have phones, you know, or whatever it looks like um, just to keep the conversation open for your kids. And I think it's good the older they get, like, hey, we're not, we're, nobody's normal. There's not a normal, like, you, you need to know that you're going to marry somebody and their house is not going to run like your house. And that may frustrate you or you might be so happy that <laughs> it's clean <laughs> or dinner's different or whatever it is. So, all right. Um, y'all can stay. We can talk some more, but I'd love to give y'all, I know you, most of you don't get a chance to go use the bathroom by yourselves or go get some more <laughs> coffee or just hang out and chat with each other. But um, about 10 minutes, y'all can go downstairs and they ask, I think they probably told you from up front, don't go down before 10 minutes because one of you starts pulling a kid out and it all falls apart. So, but thank you guys. You were great. It was fun. Yeah. My husband and I have been together for almost 20 years. Wow. And so it hasn't been 